Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Hey friends, I'm super excited to have the opportunity to be sharing with you guys a little bit of message that's um, that's like super personal to me in a great sense and like please understand that when I'm sharing this today uh, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at myself and I'm absolutely included in everything that I'm saying here um, because I believe that we're living in such interesting times and I mean I think all of us would agree that it feels like the world has never been more divided than it is at the moment and the, the sad part about it is it, that it's not only the world but what actually concerns me more is that I see it in the church as well. We are divided on almost everything. We're, we're divided on, on, you know, on, on vaccines, we're divided on the prophetic, we're divided on doctrine, we're divided on um, you know, just about everything. And uh, it's literally like earlier in the year, uh, well not earlier in the year, I think end of last year, where the Lord just started speaking to me about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod and how that has been in, impacting the church and the kingdom in such a massive way and how we've allowed that to really dominate our thinking and take up so much head and heart space that it's kind of shocking to see. And the leaven of Herod speaks about the political system, the leaven of the Pharisees speaks about a religious system. And uh, it's, it's a season where both of these are predominant in our conversations, in, in what we're doing. We're we so um, highly strong, if I can put it like that, uh, in this season and it's and it's just absolutely not the heart of God um, we you know like I said people are just gunning each other and and I expect that from from non-believers but it's it's in the church and it's among the body of Christ and like I said I'm preaching to myself as well and I'm included in this and it's just it feels to me that there's just this wake-up call that needs to come to us just to remember who we really are uh, remember why we are here. Uh, Jesus said that we are supposed to be salt and light of the world and when we lose our saltiness that we will be trampled on and when the light is of no more use why, why do you put it on the bucket you know there's no point in using it. The salt and light that we are supposed to to be correlates with, with what is it Psalm 34 I think that says taste and see that the Lord is good so it's about us becoming the connection point for people to taste and see of the goodness of God but if we are not living in, in a healthy, mental, spiritual state, it's going to be impossible for us to be salt and light. It's, it's, it's not possible for us to leave us a, a good taste and to give light and understanding in the season where it almost seems like we are just as confused, if not more confused, than the world out there. And so what the Lord has been speaking to me about, and I know there's probably lots of messages out on this, but the verse that's come to my mind over the last couple of months is just 3 John verse 2, uh, the third letter of John verse 2, famous verse where he says, um, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good physical health just as your soul prospers. And that's just a phenomenal verse. And, and I mean, we've heard it over the years, but personally to me, it's just come alive again in the season where it's about this prosperity of the soul that actually creates an overflow into our physical bodies and into our physical circumstances. That we might prosper even as our soul prospers. And it's amazing because John is assuming that the soul is prospering, right? 
There's a ceiling that, that, that the soul is in prosperity because of the great work of salvation that we've received through the cross of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yet when I look at us, when I look at many in the church, I don't see prosperity of the soul, but I see depression, I see heaviness, I see anxiety, I see anger, I see confusion. Um, and it's, it's interesting times that we are in. Um, people are divided, people are isolated, people are struggling to navigate through the season. And the prosperity of the soul is, is so necessary in the season where we will see healthy believers rise up with healthy emotions, right? With godly emotions um, running our lives and not worldly emotions, you know? Um, the, world, the word prosper here means to be expeditious on your journey. Wouldn't that be phenomenal if we can be expeditious on our journey? And remember, Jesus never said that life is going to be easy. In fact, John 16, verse 33, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, I have told you these things. It, isn't it phenomenal how Jesus kind of just sets them up and saying to the disciples before the cross, you know, before he's going to the cross, just reminding him, saying, listen, guys, I've, I've told you this stuff. And I, I think he's kind of looking at us again in this season and going, I've, I've told you it's not going to be easy. I've told you you're going to have challenges. Uh, he says, so that in me you may have what? Perfect peace. So we, we so often want to ignore the warnings of Jesus from Scripture that, hey, there's going to be challenges in life. And we ignore them. We want to ignore them in a way because we feel that's going to create peace around us. And Jesus is going completely the opposite. He's going, listen, I'm warning you. I'm telling you in advance these things so that you might find perfect peace in me. Perfect peace is absolutely what we need in this season. That is what's going to make our journey expeditious. And it's like Jesus reminding me personally, just saying, I told you it's not going to be simple. It's not going to be straightforward always. It's the warning, he says, but, but I'm telling you that so that you may find perfect peace in me. What is it? It's kind of like he's saying, listen, I'm telling you it's going to happen. So you must realize that your peace is going to be in me. Don't be offended at me. Don't be offended at the world when it's hard. Right? We are so offended at everything. We're so offended at life at the moment. We get easily offended about anything, to be quite honest. You know, the stuff I've seen people get offended about of like, it's just crazy. You know, people like Christians going off about stuff and I'm going, wow, I don't I don't know, you know. It's it's okay if you have a different opinion than me. It's okay if we have a different ideas about certain things. That doesn't mean we're enemies, right? But we get offended about everything in this season so easily. And then he goes on and he says, In the world you um, you have tribulation and distress and suffering. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't be more clear than that. He says, In the world you will have tribulation, distress and suffering. And then John, the apostle that heard this and wrote this, in John 16 writes, and, and his later third, third later he writes, I pray that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. I pray that your journey will be expeditious. Even as your soul uh, is prospering, how, how is that possible if we have tribulation, distress, and suffering, right? So, so John heard Jesus say these exact words in John 16, 33. And then he says, despite that, I pray that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. The point is that an expeditious journey has got nothing to do with easy going or a comfortable life. That's not the point. But he says, Jesus says, but be courageous, Right? In the Amplified, it adds, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. Isn't that phenomenal? Be courageous. Like when the onslaught comes, it's actually this call to be courageous so that you can step out in perfect peace. When tribulation, when distress, and when suffering confronts us, 
He's actually saying now is the time to be courageous, not the time to be weak. Now is the time to step up and take the victory, the joy, be filled with joy, be undaunted, be confident in what? In Christ. In what part of Christ? I have overcome the world. <laughs> the fact that He has overcome, that is what leads us into this journey where we can be courageous, where we can be brave, where we can step out and we can step into victory despite what's going on around us. He's calling us into a place of courage. That's why we can be, have an expeditious journey. It's not about an easy life. It's not about a comfort zone. It's not about never be, never getting a reason to be offended. Right? There's a big difference between being given reasons to be offended versus being offended. Right? We actually take offense. We choose to take that thing, and we choose enmity. We choose to suffer in our spirits and our souls, and that's not the heart of the Lord. Right? The soul here it speaks of the seat of our feelings. Right? It speaks of the heart, the desires, the affections, the aversions. Right? So it speaks of the seed of our emotions. And I don't know if the world has ever been more emotionally wired than it is at the moment. It feels to me like everything has become emotional. I don't know if it feels the same to you, but, but everything is emotional. It's just an emotional overflow of stuff. This one is feeling this, that one is feeling that. And in the midst of it, it's, it's human emotions versus God's emotions, right? God is emotional. Jesus got emotional about stuff. Jesus wept. Jesus got angry. Jesus felt compassion. Jesus had mercy. Jesus was, uh, you know, went into warrior mode. His face set towards Jerusalem. There's emotions. God is angry. God gets jealous sometimes. You know, but healthy, godly emotions versus unhealthy, worldly, humanistic emotions that, that throws all reason and truth out of the window. And, and it's just this mess where we where we judge based on stuff that we just simply do not know or do not understand. And in that, we get caught in a web where, where our souls are struggling, our emotions, the seed of our feelings and emotions are, are sick. We have sick emotions. We're not healthy in heart. And it's not helpful to anything. And in the process, our body actually suffers. And when I mean body, I mean physical body. Even if you read Proverbs, he says that if you have unforgiveness or bitterness, that your bones will be weak and there will be suffering and troubles in your body. So there's a, a, a real health issue, a physical health issue. But then there's also the atmosphere that we start carrying around us. The overflow of our soul into the natural world produces an atmosphere of either life or death. And this is causing so much damage for us. It's either opening doors or it's closing doors. It's breaking down relationships or it's building relationships. It's, it's keeping us healthy and strong. It's keeping us courageous and filled with joy or it's not. You know, it's breaking down our, our expeditious journey because we are on a journey, all of us, and it's either going to be expeditious or it's not going to be. And this depends on our ability to create a healthy um, soul life and to actually just exchange our, the seed of our emotions for the seed of his emotions and let his emotions become our emotions. Isn't that Romans 12 too? Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Remember, over and over, the idea in Proverbs comes forth that you actually think with your heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? So the heart, the seed of our affections, the seed of our emotions, actually becomes the outspring of who we are. And the battle is that, that, that discernment or that choice between spirit and soul or spirit and flesh, as we see all over. And the battle between spirit and flesh has never been more intense than it is at this moment. Remember, when difficulty comes, 
we are faced with what is being thrown at us, but we're also faced with what is inside of us, right? We, we so often say, yeah, but, you know, the circumstances caused me to respond in a certain way or to react in a certain way, but, but that's the issue. The problem is it's not what's coming from the outside. It's actually what's still alive on the inside that's causing the problem. And, again, this is me too. So I, I, I don't even like talking about it because it's, it's, it's so definitely pointing at my own life as well. It's what is inside of me that still erupts when pressure, tribulation, suffering, and when those things come. What is inside of me that actually shows this is the true condition of your soul life, and then you realize, oh man, I'm not as surrendered as I thought I was. I'm not so much living in the Spirit as I would like to live in the Spirit, but yet there's opportunity. That's why Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of the Lord, I love it how it says in the Amplified, the Word of God is living. Isn't that, this amazing, right? It's living. It is active and it is full of power. That is such good news. The Word is living, it's active, and it's full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. Man, the Word is powerful. And listen what the Word does, because we need a tool to discern, right, between spirit and soul, spirit and flesh. And it says, what does it do? It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit right the completeness of a person this is phenomenal because the point is and then it goes on and of both joints and marrows exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart and that's what we need right now we need our own like i've been praying the last couple of weeks like like lord just expose my own heart to me expose me to me so that i can see what needs to change and and it's not always pretty but I need to see, I need to, the exposing and judging of my thoughts and intentions needs to come to the forefront as the word that is living and active divides, and it must divide between spirit and soul so that we can see if we are spirit-driven, so that our souls are in line with the heart of God and it's God's emotions, or are we fleshly-driven? That means our soul is dominating out of the earthly realm of the seed of our feelings. They are unhealthy and they're ungodly and they're not aligned with the word. Man, that's a big one right there, right? It's to judge ourselves with the Word. Because in all of the confusion that's going on, like, what is the truth? I mean, it, it's not about facts. It's, it's, uh, because I don't know about you, but, but who do you trust at the moment? Like, we all feel failed on some level. Let's be honest. We, we feel failed by our governments probably. Some may, some may not. We feel failed by the medical world maybe, or this one, or that one, or church. or Because you know, your church leader, you know... Uh, stuck to the lockdown and you felt that's wrong or your church leader didn't stick to the lockdown and you felt that's wrong or your church leader got vaccinated and you feel that's wrong so it's anti-vaxxers pro-vaxxers pro-lockdown anti-lockdown i mean it, it's insanity what's going on right some are for the prophetic some are against the prophetic because the prophetic failed or it didn't fail and and that's just on that level then it's government stuff political stuff then it's just normal relational stuff between you know just friends and family and stuff it is bizarre. So how do we know what's the truth? How do we get to that place where we actually know that my heart <laughs> is in the right space, right? How do I know my heart's in the right space? When, when, when Scripture clearly says that Ezekiel 36, 26, 27 says that I'm going to remove your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, the heart, the soul, the seed of your feelings, and I'm going to give you a new spirit, right? That was the heart of the gospel, was to give us a new heart of flesh and a new spirit. 
And when those two collide, we actually align with the heart of God. And we can suddenly start discerning through the word of the Lord, the two-edged sword. We can suddenly start discerning right from wrong. And it's not about getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine, right? It's not about a political issue. It's about the heart of Jesus in these things. It's, it's about looking at it out of a healthy soul so that my journey can be expeditious, right? It's looking at it out of, out of kingdom principles and measuring the world from that space and not from an unhealthy soulish dimension which is loaded with worldly emotions that is not causing any calm or any peace, that actually breaks us down uh, from the ability to be salt and light in the world. So people are not tasting and seeing that God is good because we've lost our saltiness, we've lost our light, right? Because our soul realm is polluted, it's not rooted in the right place, and it's not His emotions that's pumping through our being. It's not His nature that is flowing through us. And this must change. That's why Proverbs 4, 23 says, Guard your heart, for from it flows the issues of life. Right? It's like, is he saying like, keep watch over your soul life because this is where problems erupt, right? You are, you are a triune being, right? We are body, soul, and spirit, right? We are body, soul, and spirit. And the soul is almost the switch where we decide which way we're going to go. The soul is going to make the decision, either I'm going to go into the flesh or I'm going to go into, into the spirit. Because your spirit, man, when you got born again, is perfectly aligned with the heart and the will of God. That's why Ezekiel 36, uh, 26, 27, it says, I'm going to give you a heart of flesh and I'm going to give you a new spirit. So when a soft heart actually submits to the life of the spirit, we're going to walk in alignment with the heart of God. And that sword of the Spirit is going to divide between soul and spirit. We're going to be able to see who's doing what, who's ruling and who's calling the shots, so that our thoughts and intentions might be exposed. Right? <laughs> I mean, what a journey we're on. And imagine we can just get back to this place. You know, I've been looking into this and going, okay, but what does God's emotions look like? Right? What does His emotions look like? The perfect one. What does that look like, right? And like, I cannot get away from the fruit of the Spirit. For the last two months, the fruit of the Spirit has just been something that's been placed on my heart, something that I just feel, man, I, I don't know if I'm digging deep enough into this, and something that we might be forgetting about as we do life, and something that is needed in the season. As much as we need the gifts of the Spirit, so much we need the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus walked in both, Right? He walked in a soft heart, a heart of flesh, absolutely led by the Holy Spirit in power and in nature, in power and in emotion, right? Isn't that phenomenal? So we've got to dig into this life, the beauty of the emotions and the nature of God that we see so clearly in the gifts and uh, that we see so clearly in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? I want to read you out of Galatians 5, famous chapter. I just want to read a couple of verses just to kind of build up into that. But it says in, in verse 15, it says, But if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, watch out that you, along with your entire fellowship, are not consumed by one another. And isn't that a powerful and frightening verse? It's like you are biting and devouring one another. You're bickering and you're striving with one another. Watch out. 
that you along with your entire fellowship are not consumed by one another. What a frightening idea, right? But the strife, the, the, the tension, the, the judgments, the criticism that we carry in our hearts, the inability to walk in a prosperity of the soul actually causes us to break down our own fellowship and we become consumed by one another. How much head space and heart space is being taken up by people, fights, issues, strife, bickering, contention, disagreement about stuff that honestly most of us don't really have an answer for if we need to be honest. I know what God said to me about stuff. That's all I can do is be obedient. But God might have told you something different. Then that's okay. Like we, we can't, the only thing that matters is, is was it based out of a prosper, prosperous soul that made the decisions you're making? Is it a prosperous soul that's listening to the Lord in this season and you do what you need to do and then we don't devour one another? It's a scary idea, right? Verse 16, but I say walk habitually in the Spirit. Seek Him and be responsive to His guidance. I want to park there right now. It's a, it's a choice to walk, to have a habit of walking with God. It's a choice to live sensitive out of a, a heart of flesh, to walk in a, in a place where my soul, the seed of my affections is actually, the antennas are out and I'm trying to hear, trying to live according to the life of the Spirit, trying to choose against the flesh, trying to choose the Word of God, the way of the kingdom in every season and every situation. And, and I love the way it says it, be responsive to His guidance. One of the big things that happens when we are not in a living in a space where our soul is prospering is that we live in reaction versus in response. Right? The minute that I react in situations, that means I probably move out of the flesh. But responding to the Holy Spirit means there is peace. There was contemplation in that moment. I actually thought about what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to respond, and be sure that my actions is aligned with the heart of God in that season. So live responsive to the Holy Spirit. And then you will certainly not, listen to this, it's like a massive promise, right? And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, right? Which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. So the flesh reacts, it responds to the nature of man, right? The nature of the fallen man, where the spirit life responds to the Holy Spirit. I'm living in response from that place, right? And we've got to shift into this, because then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Man, that is powerful. For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. So that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided, verse 18, and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Man, that is powerful. There, this thing about the law, we're going to jump into that a little bit more. But he's saying that the life of the spirit, you cannot beat the life of the spirit on a technicality if you're the devil. Right? The devil cannot beat the life of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot defeat it based on a technicality, right? Because there's a nature of God that's responding, that's coming out. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes or we don't make errors, but the Spirit, the heart of God is behind those things. And we actually walk in a manner that is graceful, that, that changes atmospheres. There's a prosperity of the soul. And listen, we need to fight for this in this season. To Personally, it's like warfare at the moment. 
because negative emotions is being thrown at us, it's being launched at us consistently, and it feels to me like the last time in my life I had to so fight for prosperity of the soul was when I just got born again in 2006, and I was facing all the accusation from my past, all the stuff that came from my past, all these, you know, the pullings of, of the flesh and the pullings of the past, the pull, the pull of the enemy, trying to move you in, in the opposite direction. I remember how I had to wage war against those things until I got the victory in the spirit so that my soul life would prosper. And to me, at the moment, it feels like that again. So I just want to switch uh, this thing back on. It feels like that again. Like it's, it's warfare to, to maintain a healthy soul at the moment. And it's massively important that we stay uh, in that place, that we contend for it, that we walk by the Spirit. But here's the awesome news. Let's jump to verse 22. Well, let's talk about it real quick. Verse 19, it speaks of the, the sinful nature, the practices of the sinful nature. I just want to throw it out there. I don't want to talk about it fast, but just hear these things and then just look at the world around us. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. Isn't that? That's like sensuality is, on, is at the end of the day. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that could promote heresies. Man, it's all over, right? Envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these, right? Man, you just need to look at the news, and it's like the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident, right? It's, it's out there. It is chaos, right? It is just like the flesh and the soul, the, the ungodly, sinful, soulish life is dominating society and we are being dragged along if we don't watch out. We are being pulled into fights, we are being pulled into situations that is not our playing field. And I don't mean we shouldn't be involved, that's not what I'm talking about. But we are living on a higher level. We are functioning on a higher way. We cannot look like the world around us in all of this. We've got to look different, right? And, it's, and then he ends and he says, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think maybe we look at the church, we look at our own lives and we're going, why are we not seeing more of God? Could it be because these practices are clearly evident in our lives? Why are we not seeing more of His power? Why are we not seeing more of His breakthroughs? Could it be that we are more fleshly than we might have thought? And again, this is at myself as well. What, what is missing in our walk? You know, why are we not seeing more of the kingdom? Well, He says you will not inherit the kingdom. This is the way you're living, right? So you are reacting to the world around you and you're not responding to the Holy Spirit. It means your soul is not prosperous, which means your physical health is not prospering. And physical health, remember what I said, is not just about the body, but it's about the atmosphere, the life that is flowing out of your inner man into the world around you. He says, but, right? And this is the beauty. Listen to this, but the fruit of the Spirit. I love how the Amplified puts this. The result of His presence within us. Man, why don't you just pause there for a minute? This idea just blows my mind and it's been what's kind of just stirring inside of me. Just the realization that the fruit of the Spirit is within me 
every single minute of every single day because I'm born again. His Spirit indwells me. The Holy Spirit is in me. I don't need to go and look for the fruit of the Spirit somewhere. It's right here. It's within reach. It's within grasp. I can every single day, I can just dig in and just start feasting on this beautiful fruit that the Holy Spirit has placed inside of me. That is the perfect display of the emotions of our Father and of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit. It's God's emotions seated inside of us like a tree of life filled with the most amazing fruit and we can feast on it every day, any time of the day, any time of the night, whenever you need it, you can just feast on the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I don't know if it's just South Africa, but there's always this thing that it says you are what you eat, you know, it's kind of like a joke. But it, but it is actually really true, right? If you're going to eat the bread of life, if you're going to drink the living water, if you're going to eat the fruit of the Spirit, what are you going to become? You're going to become a man who walks according to the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to manifest the fruit of the Spirit out of your own life. It's always available. It's always within grasp. We don't have the right, and again, it's me too, we don't have the right to say that, I, that, that it's just too much, what has come against me, it's too hard, it's not possible. No, Jesus said all of these things will come, but you can be in perfect peace. Why? Because he knew. That was the chapter where he spoke about the Holy Spirit, John 16. He knew what he's going to place inside of us. <laughs> he knew what's going to be in us. And we actually have the capacity to not be ruled by worldly emotions, but let the seed of our feelings be the very throne of God where He can function from and where, where His heart can be manifested through us in a world so that we can be salt and light. We're not victims in this. We're not weaklings in this. He is in us. It is available. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given unto you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 3. 1 Peter, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 2 and 4. It says, you already have received divine power. You've received these great uh, promises and you have the divine nature of God so that you can overcome the lust of the world. Actually, that's it, but you can. It says because you have overcome the lusts of the world. We, we have it. It's within reach. And this is what I'm realizing in this season of fresh is that I can literally just sit and what, what, what is it that I need? Do I need to feast on love? Well, the fruit of love is in me, right? So let's just feast on it. Let's just sit and go, Lord, I, I don't feel love for that man right now, that world leader that politician, that actor, that friend. I don't feel love for them right now. And then I can go and just go, Lord, but I'm going to feast on the fruit of love, the fruit of the Spirit called love inside of me. And I'm going to feast on it until I can look at that man with love. And I can look at him through your eyes and your understanding. And love doesn't mean I oversee their mistakes. It just means I cover them. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. Right? Love is not about exposing people in public, embarrassing and shaming them. Love is about covering the error, seeing it, covering it, and then that covering allows you to speak into it so that the truth can come and set us free. It doesn't make us weak, right? None of the gifts of the Spirit makes us weak. You know, there's kind of this crazy idea that because that, you, you look at these emotions of the Holy Spirit and they all look, because they're so beautiful, right? And they are beautiful. And we look at them and we go, okay, but that's not, you know, that, that seems weak. Jesus manifested all of this perfectly his whole life. And he was not weak. He called them brood of vipers. He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. There's nothing weak about it, but the root of it, it was based on a response to the Holy Spirit and God's emotions manifested through Jesus in everything that he did. That's the difference. 
The difference is my anger versus God's fiery anger against the situation. My, my, my lashing out at something versus God speaking into something out of his power and authority and straight truth because he knows it's going to set people free, right? Massive difference. But all of these fruits are within and I can feast on it. Listen to how beautiful these, these things are, right? What, 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 what is the fruit that is within us because of his presence? It's love. Unselfish concern for others. You know, I, I see these t-shirts all a lot like self-love and all that stuff. And I, and I kind of go, that, that, that's not really what's happening here, right, is it? We, we actually need some unselfish love. That's what we need. And I, I get what they're trying to say. We need to have yeah, a healthy, um, healthy value for yourself, of course. But that healthy value can only come through an identity that is birthed in you by Jesus indwelling you, his spirit in you, a prosperous soul, and you understand who you are. That's why I say love your neighbor as you love yourself. What's the point? If you can't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. So yeah, there needs to be a healthy um, person in here that sees his value in the eyes of the Lord. But self-love is not what it's about. It's about unselfish love of the person next to you. First Corinthians 13 is the, the love chapter. What does he say? Love always wins. That's why love is the first fruit. It's the overshadowing fruit of all of us, it's the foundation, it's the root of all of these things is love, right? If love manifests through me, then all of these other things actually fall in place. The question is, do we love enough? It's Bob Jones's famous question when he came back after he died the first time, where Jesus said to him, did you learn to love? That was the question, that was the, the key question for people in terms of going to heaven or going to hell. Obviously, are you born again? But did you learn to love, right? And this is what we need to ask. Do we have love for the people that disagree from us, right? Unbelievers are unbelievers. We cannot have any expectation of them to do the right thing, right? They don't have the Spirit of God. So what does that mean we don't love them? <laughs> Jesus left the 99th of the one, right? Jesus wanted us to save that which is lost. How can we save it if we don't love it? How can we reach out to a broken, confused, messed up world. And I'm telling you, it's messed up. I, I'm, I'm not blind, I'm seeing it, right? It's messed up. But if we don't have love for it, we're never going to reach them. We're never going to be salt and light. We're never going to be able to influence, right? If we don't have love, how are we going to manage our own lives and just have prosperity of the soul? Love must be the dominating factor. Unselfish concern for others. Joy right? Next fruit, joy. Yeah, we need joy. So I'm trying to learn this, to sit and just go, Father, thank you that I can feast on the fruit of joy in my life right now. You can just do it with me. Just sit there and just feast on joy. Just there's unlimited, there's Psalm 16, 11 kind of joy, fullness of joy inside of us. Fullness of joy. The Holy Spirit is happy. He's happy. And we can be happy too. <laughs> we don't need to struggle in all of this. We can actually be happy this, this, despite what's happening around us. Peace, right? Peace is massive to me. It's a, it's a big value in my life, peace. It's called the Prince of Peace. And when we are in peace, we actually look at the world much better. If, if we carry peace in our hearts, we, we judge better, right? We respond better because we can step away from the situation and actually see it out of heaven's perspective. We really need peace. In all of this confusion, we need to go into peace, right? Not fear, not anxiety, not what if this, what if that, what if, you know, peace. Peace in our decision-making, peace in the way we look at it, not because the world is at peace, but because our kingdom is at peace, because our Lord 
is at peace. That joy thing. Remember what Jesus does. Uh, Psalm 2, it speaks about the Father sitting in heaven and the nations, making all these plans to overtake him and to overthrow and everything. What does he do? He laughs, right? Why is he laughing? Because he knows who he, who he is. He, he knows his authority. He understands his power. He understands the craziness of the world, thinking that they can actually overthrow him. It's time maybe that we laugh a little bit as well and just go, this is pretty crazy, right? This is pretty wild what you guys are trying to do. It's not going to work because there's this guy that we know, right? Revelation 1, face shining like the sun, that guy. He's in charge, right? He's in charge. And we just need to relax a little bit. Patience. It says not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Isn't that a big deal? Since we just need to go and say, well, I have no idea why you're taking so long because... <laughs> Don't you feel like that often? It's just like, I don't know. It really does feel like he's very slow often, right? According to me. But he looks at some stuff differently. And to in the patient, in, in the waiting, to be patient, to be at peace, to manifest the fruit of the Spirit while we're waiting, knowing that he's faithful, he's good. Kindness, man, that would help. Goodness. <laughs> if we had good thoughts towards people, if we were kind towards humanity, Faithfulness. Our translations actually calls this faith, just faith. Imagine there's Holy Spirit faith available in you 24-7. 24-7. It's right there. You can access it in a minute. Right? If I feel like I'm lacking faith, what if we just start feasting on the fruit of faith in me because His presence is in me? Man, that could change things, right? Gentleness, self-control. I love the one self-control. It actually says lordship in another translation. To have lordship over yourself. Man, that is phenomenal. We're not out of control people. We have lordship over our emotions, over our hearts, over our thoughts, over our mouths. We, we take lordship over those things. Self-control is within us. The Lord's been challenging me a lot about Proverbs uh, chapter 3, I think it's verse uh, 7 and 8, where it says, do not be wise in your own eyes, right? Okay, <laughs> let's just pause there for a minute. A lot of that going on, right? A lot, and again, me included, very wise, lots of opinions. And it says, please, just don't, right? <laughs> like, I can always hear and just go, please don't. Please don't do it. Just don't be another one of those, right? Let's just not be another one of those. It says, fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be health to your body sounds like prosperity of the soul, right? Your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts. And refreshment, physical well-being to your bones, right? It sounds like the fear of the Lord and prosperity of soul. It sounds like the same idea, doesn't it? And the Lord has been telling me that I cannot look at people or speak about people unless it's through the fear of the Lord. <laughs> so that... That really limits my opinions about lots of things suddenly <laughs> because I know he's watching. Suddenly my opinions about people are reduced quite a lot. Suddenly my negative speech or criticism or judgments over things are really coming down quite a bit because the fear of the Lord needs to be on me when I think of people. I love, I love that prayer. St. Patrick is one of my favorite heroes of the faith. And he had that famous breastplate prayer. Man, what an awesome prayer. Christ, Christ to my left, Christ to my right, Christ above me, Christ below me. You know, that famous prayer. And then at some point he switches that prayer and he says, Christ on every man that thinks of me. Christ on every man that hears of me. 
Christ in every man that speaks of me, Christ in every man that sees me. And, and it's like he was praying that the fear of the Lord will fall on people when they speak of him. And I'm kind of thinking about that going, that should be me too. Christ on me when I speak of a world leader or president, right? Whether I like him or not. Christ on me when I speak about the medical world or those that disagree with me, pro-vaxxers or anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Never thought that this is going to divide the world like it is, isn't it? It's crazy. And I, whatever my opinion is, does not matter. You've got to hear from God. But it's actually ripping through families. What a crazy idea, right? Christ, Christ, the fear of the Lord. I mean, when I look at the leader that handles the lockdown different than me, you know, he's got his revelation. That's okay. I've got mine. That's okay. My circumstances is not your circumstances. <laughs> But the fear of the Lord needs to be on all of us, both of us, whether I'm opening my church or closing my church. The fear of the Lord better be on us, not my own wisdom. That's the key, isn't it? Because that produces health. That is a prosperous soul. Because what is this about, the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit takes us back almost to Matthew 5 to 7, where Jesus sits down. Because how, how does it end? It, it ends with kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That is like the, it's a phenomenal statement because what he's saying is that when you manifest these things, the enemy goes nuts because there's nothing he can do against you. What do you do against somebody that's happy the whole time? <laughs> what do you do against someone if you're trying to destroy him and you're trying to take him out, excuse me, and he's just at peace? What do you do with somebody that's been waiting for their healing for like five years and they're still patient and full of love and joy and peace and they're still serving the Lord because of it and they're not disappointed and not angry? What do you do against such a person? You don't have a fight, right? There's no law against these things. And what Jesus was doing in Matthew 5 to 7, he was setting a new law, right? The Mosaic law was about measuring things externally. So it was about actions and about deeds. Where in Matthew 5 to 7, God is sending a set of heart attitudes and it's much harder than the external stuff, right? Because I can fool you with external things. I can just bring my sacrifice every week, pay my tithe every week, put my hands up at the right time in church, smile when it's necessary, just hide it, hide it, hide it, keep it down, keep it in, don't, you know, all of that stuff. But what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5 to 7, he's saying, I'm setting a new law that is much harder than anything you've ever seen. You actually think this is easier? It's not. Because it's looking at the heart of man. It's challenging what's going on in your inside. It's challenging your soul because he wants a prosperous soul so that everything will prosper. When Jesus says, because in the Old Testament, if you, if you committed adultery or, or sexual immorality, you would be stoned, you would be killed and all of that. And that's not fun, obviously, right? But it's only seen when the physical deed is done. What does Jesus say in Matthew 5 to 7? He says, if you even just look at a woman with impure thoughts, you've already committed the sin. <laughs> That's it's a whole new standard. It's higher. It's not lower, right? He's looking at the heart and he's going, I'm looking at the seed of your affections and what's consuming it, what's taking it up. He's imparting heart attitudes, kingdom attitudes that is higher than any law that can come against you. And he's challenging us on this and saying, listen, guys, I need you to step up. 
I need you to step up because I am truly looking at the heart. I'm looking at true worshippers, spirit and truth. You can't hide it. It's something that he sees. It's in the spirit and it's visible to him always, all the time. But we have access to the healthiest of emotions fully because it's alive in us. The fruit of the spirit is there. We can feast. We can feast whenever we want. We can dig into it whenever we want. We can, we can just enjoy the sweetness of the fruit of the Spirit. And we can actually become happy people once again. Right? And I want to challenge you guys on this. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're busy with. I know this is something that's speaking to me deeply. And again, I'm saying I'm preaching about this, not out of a place of victory, but at a place that I'm also convicted by this word, knowing that I need to look at things in my own life and have to make changes and have to dig into this stuff and have to unplug from a bunch of things maybe just so that I can walk in prosperity of soul once again, right? What is consuming you? What is taking our headspace? Are we devouring our fellowship with one another? And it's such a frightening verse. Watch out that you, along with your entire fellowship, are not consumed by one another. Ah, come on, body of Christ. We can't be consumed with one another. We can't be our biting and devouring, cannot consume our fellowship. It cannot consume and break down relationships in this season. It cannot break down our vision of what He wants for the world, which is go and seek and save that which is lost. If we don't love that which is lost, like Jesus said Himself, if you don't forgive them, Forgiveness is not going to flow to them. It's got nothing to do with his ability to forgive or not. It's got everything to do with our ability to go or not. If we don't love them, we're not going to go. If we can't forgive them, if we are offended at everything and everyone around us, we're not going to go. And this is not the heart of God. And I want to challenge you in this season to dig into the beauty of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it is sweet. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's life-changing. And it's great. So I want to pray for you just a minute. And I want to pray that we just lay things down before Him. That we just allow the Word to come and expose our thoughts and our intentions. Come and judge it, please, God. I've been praying that. So Lord, I pray for everybody that's listening. And we just say, Lord, just come and expose our hearts to us. Come and show us, Lord. And Lord, I also want to thank you for the beautiful fruit of the Spirit, Lord. Thank you that I have love. I have joy, I have peace, I have patience, I have kindness, I have goodness, I have faith, I have gentleness, and I have lordship, Lord, that it's constantly available in us because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I choose to feast on these things, Lord. I choose to dig into every one of them whenever I need. And I believe, Lord, that as I feast and as I eat, that you are going to manifest through me and that the prosperity of the soul will come that I will feel your grace, I will feel your mercy, and I will feel your goodness, Lord. Lord, let our souls prosper, let our journeys will be expeditious, so that we can be blessed, so that those around us can be blessed, Lord, and that we can truly be salt and light in this season. Lord, help us, speak to us, deliver us, tell us where we need to act, where we need to do things, where we need to change, Lord. We love you, we love your mercy, we love you, Holy Spirit. You are so awesome. Ah, we love you. <laughs> Just live in us. Change us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless you guys. I hope this helped. I hope this encouraged you. And hope to see you guys soon somewhere in the country. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this session. 
We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.